first reading comes from Book of Ruth, or Book of Judges, but speaks of the, which is known as the Book of Ruth. At any rate, yesterday we heard something very special. Remember the words if you were participating last yesterday's Mass? Here it is, we have uh, Naomi, who together with her husband, because of famine, they leave Palestine and they go into a territory, at that time gentle territory, and on account of that they settle there. But her husband passes away quickly. She has two sons, two sons of her Mary Moabite women. And, but the two sons that she had, they, they, they die. The scripture does not say on what account, but that they passed away. And so one of the daughters-in-law says to her, well, I'm gonna go back to my family. And, and then there's the other one, her name is Ruth. But she says to her, um, I'm gonna stay with you. And she says something very, very beautiful, powerful. She says, do not ask me to abandon or forsake you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Why did she do that? Why would she love her mother-in-law? I mean, sometimes we have a lot of stories that maybe relationship in daughter, mother's, mother-in-law and daughters, daughters-in-law is not exactly the best, but here the scripture speaks an incredible, incredible story. The love that Ruth had for Naomi and she wanted to stay with her. But not only that, she embraced her people and she embraced the God of Revelation, God of the covenant. And so Naomi decides to return back to Palestine. She returns back to her family roots and one of the, um, one of the, uh, uh, her relatives, uh, his name is, I'll just give you the name. Uh, the, her, her name is, his name is, I'm sorry, is uh, Boaz. And what, what takes place here is very interesting. Okay, so now she is by herself. And she says, the first thing that she says to Ruth, he says, he says, let me go and glean ears of grain in the field. This was a harvest time. And Naomi says to her, go my daughter. And so she enters the field to glean after the harvesters. And this happened to be the section belonging to Boaz, uh, you know, the relative of Naomi. And Boaz says to her, listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in anyone else's field. You're not to leave here. Stay here with my women servants. And then he goes, first of all, is the providence of God here. You know, there are many harvesters, there are many there are fields, and she goes, you know, Naomi does not control her. He says, you go, go to the field. 
and look what God in his providence does for her. He chooses Boaz in the field. And this, this man recognizes her and he says, I just, I want you to stay. I want you to work for me, to be there. And I have commanded the young man not to do any harm. And then he says, if you're thirsty, you may drink from the vessels that from my, from my family and whatever you have, your needs, uh, whatever it is, I'll take care of you. And you know, and here Naomi, uh, I'm sorry, Ruth says to him, why should I, a foreigner, be favored with your notice? This is how she describes, you have noticed me. And so Boaz answered her, I have had a complete account of what you have done for your mother-in-law after your husband's death. You have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to the people whom you did not know previously. So Boaz already has received information from Naomi. But what we have here is one more very important element. So he took her home, he, she became his wife. Then the, it is the women who when they saw Naomi that she has a daughter-in-law and she, they were happy for her, blessed is the Lord who has not failed to provide you today with an heir. May he become famous in Israel. These are the people who are telling Naomi but now there's one more element here, which is important. The neighbor women gave his name, this child, and they called him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. What has happened here is God, by God's providence, we have Ruth becoming the great grandmother of David, King David. And now we have the lineage to Jesus. She is the ancestress of Jesus himself. How did it happen? Love, faith, a type of humility, God's providence, and ultimately, yes, welcomed by, by Boaz, she becomes, you know, the, his wife. Sometimes we look at our own life and we can't make sense Sometimes it's easy to draw conclusions, yes, because of this or that. We don't even know, sometimes we don't even know why we choose the husbands or wives. Well, it could be a beautiful, you know, person ahead would be with us, but we don't see everything. But if we have love, if we have faith, if we accept God's providential care and guidance, somehow God will always make it in such a way where not only will it make sense, but also there'll be a future that we cannot grasp. He'll be your comfort and the support of your age, for his mother is the daughter-in-law who loves you. She's worth more to you than seven sons. This was the description of people when they saw a person who loves another, gives himself, herself to someone else on their behalf. And the responsorial psalm says, see how the Lord blesses those who fear him. The word fear, meaning they accept the Lord as God. It's not the, this type of fear or, or fear of God in a sense, but it's a respect, the deep, profound respect for God. It is those who accept him. 
He truly blesses. Blessed are you who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways, for you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. So that's the first element of our readings today, is placing ourselves in humility and in faith and out of love for the Lord others. Then God will provide the rest. The second reading today is, is yesterday, remember, once again, from our reading, whereby it is the Pharisee who asked Jesus, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord, the Lord says, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with your, all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is, you shall love the Lord as yourself. This is the response and this is the request by a Pharisee. But today, it's not only a, you know, the Pharisee of yesterday, but also the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all the things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow the example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. The Lord is addressing something here, which we know is being Pharisaic. Yes, you know, we may have, we may have great knowledge, but it doesn't really help because that knowledge is not translated into action. Knowledge of God, God's ways, but, but, but it's, they do not practice. And this is what the Lord is challenging us, all of us here today, is when we say we love the Lord, do we really love him? St. John, the evangelist said, if you say you love the Lord, but you, not, but you hate your neighbor, then, then you're a liar. It's very hard saying which St. John Evangelist says, this is what the truth is. And the second aspect is that, of that reading today is do not call anyone rabbi, do not call anyone father, do not call anyone master, if we only have one. It's not that Jesus says to us that a child cannot call her uh, or his father, it's not that. Perhaps not even the fact is that religious are called father. It's not that, but it's the, what do we, how do we live our life? Is God truly the one who's above all? Is the God is truly the one whom we love and respect? Do we listen to? Do we follow? And this is the call, the great call, and that we are to ask the Lord in humility that we wish to be servants of all, because that's the call. You know, um, being servant, today we honor Our Lady. And remember during the Annunciation, when the angel gives her the great news, the great news that she is to become the mother of the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. And, 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 and the angel asks her, do you wish to become and we know that her answer was, uh, let it be done to me according to your word. I am a made servant of the Lord, being servant. You know that God does not want us to be servants, he calls us friends, but, but submitting ourselves to him out of love for him is being at the service of God, being at the service of the gospel. And today we have to not only acknowledge the incredible role that Blessed Mother has played, 
but the type of role that she plays for each country, each nation. You know, today we have a Vietnamese day, and there's a beautiful revelation of Our Lady, Vietnam. We have a, a lady appeared in Portugal, Fatima, a lady appeared Kibeho in Rwanda, uh, a lady appeared in Lourdes, appeared in, in Guadalupe. We have many, many places of apparitions around the world, just name a few. In South America, you know, the uh, a Lady of Luján, a Lady of, of uh, in, in Brazil, Aparecida, many, many places, Cuba, wherever we go. And what is the role of Our Lady? It's very simple. She witnesses to the presence of her son. She witnesses to the power of the Father's love for us, given to us in his son. It's, it's always, she reminds us, the minute she spoke, and we hear her in a public way during Jesus' ministry at Canine Galilee, do whatever he tells you, do whatever he tells you. And so this is what she's reminding us each day, do whatever he tells you. But many places in Europe, especially Eastern Europe, as well Ukraine and Russia, instead of Our Lady appearing, many became like incredible, miraculous icons, paintings of Blessed Mother that became miraculous. And one of them is Our Lady of Częstochowa. It's an icon painted uh, in the 8th century. Uh, it's an Eastern Oriental image. How did it go from Constantinople to Ukraine? We do not know. But the place where she settled at first was in a monastery in Ukraine. And then in 1200s, um, 1300s actually, she, she ended up from Ukraine, the prince of that place, gave it to the Pauline Monastery in Chestova. And, and so there she was. And this image of Our Lady, when people prayed before this image, it, it provided, uh, Blessed Mother provided so many ex extraordinary graces to them. When I was a graduate student, I saw a girl. She was paralyzed from her waist down. And she's one of the recipients of the Miracles Grace for Our Lady of Częstochowa. It's one of the first things I saw. You know, I, I, I ask her, you know, a question, and she says, I don't know, I don't know. Many people pray, some people receive the grace, some people do not. And the only thing she said to me is, I'm just grateful. I don't think about it. I'm just grateful that I'm able to walk. She was born, you know, through a, um, during birth, I believe, that she became paralyzed. But you know, the role, the role of Our Lady is to remind us whether she appeared there or whether through a miraculous image, through an icon. Um, she wants to tell us that she cares, that she loves, that she's there for us. When I was a child, as you possibly know, I was born in Poland, and, uh, and uh, I remember my mother. Sometimes she would not kind of pre-plan to go someplace on a pilgrimage. She would just in the evening say, I'm going tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to uh, the shrine of Our Lady Transdova. And that meant for us, that means if our father will be cooking, that means the meal would not be too good. You know, that's all it meant to me at that time. But the fact is this, 
she would just get up and get a train at 4.30 in the morning. It was about 100 miles away. The shrine was about, she would take a train and go there. And she comes back late in the evening. But uh, she, she would make these decisions on the spot, maybe because you know, there's all kinds of activities, larger families that we had. So she couldn't really pre-plan. But nonetheless, when she saw the opening, she'd go. She'd come back very happy. You know, we, that's all we could see as children. Uh, I think she didn't want to take us as children because probably it would be too much, you know, get dressed and everything else super early in the morning, whatever it was. So we never did go. She would go by herself. Another one is I, there's a, a holy year of Our Lady, uh, 1984, John Paul II gave the whole church a type of commitment, a t you know, an entrustment, a prayer to Our Lady. I'd like to read it towards the end of this reflection. But what the prayer did, or, and what the prayer was like, was this prayer that he learned in being in Poland. Every August 26, people would recommit themselves, especially from 1956. Remember during the time, this was a time when the Stalinist government of Soviet Union, very oppressive, very repressive. He died and finally the government in Poland became sort of free, but there were still communists. And, and at that time, and Cardinal Wyszynski, who was jailed for, you know, under house arrest as a leader of, of the uh, Polish church, he devised a plan that he would use a special time of preparations, nine year of preparation, novena of nine years, to prepare the whole country for renewal, spiritual renewal, as they were celebrating the, the, the the millennium, a thousand years officially of, of becoming a Christian nation. And so he prepared these special prayers for, um, for the people of, of Poland so they could rededicate themselves, consecrate themselves to Our Lady. And he has done this on the 300th anniversary of the first consecration of a nation, uh, which was made by, by King during the very difficult period of, of, of the country where there was all kinds of invasions from various places, from various countries. They were known as the deluge or the flood of foreign, foreigners coming and taking over. The whole of Poland fell except one monastery, and that was Monastery of Our Lady of Częstochowa. It was not a stronghold of major kind, and yet Our Lady would not allow them to conquer. And so it became a crying uh, a point, some a place of people realized that Our Lady was on their side, that she didn't want the country to be completely destroyed, demolished. And so the, uh, the rallying point for them was precisely what Our Lady did for the nation. This was in 1656. And, and what happened is not only the, the the people rose back and, and took their country uh, from the foreign invasions, but became dedicated to her. They chose her to become the queen of Poland. But as we know, politicians and kings and elite, they promise 
but then they quickly change their minds for other reasons. And but but there's one thing that happened is that the the dedication choosing Blessed Mother as the queen of the nation. It wasn't the leaders who were faithful, it was the people. The people, the simple people who honored her as the queen. The people who would go there on pilgrimages, the people who would pray, people who would embrace the faith. I remember kind of going back, you know, during the World Youth Day, and, you know, many people come on pilgrimage. Sometimes they walk, you know, a week, sometimes two weeks, sometimes three weeks, depends the length and the distance from Chastova. And, and what I did is I was at, at the shrine one day, and I was just sitting in the pew, and I was watching these waves of young people walking, coming, and they would come to the shrine, and, and they would bow and offer a prayer of thanksgiving that they made it. But not only that, that they came because the pilgrimage, especially on foot, is usually escorted by priests. So everybody on that pilgrimage goes to confession, receives spiritual direction, receives spiritual renewal. There's a lot of young people who do that. And, and I was so, so grateful to see the enthusiasm, the love, as they were looking at the image of Our Lady. And I could see in their eyes the joy. I could see the eyes. Sometimes there were tears that they made it. Um, whatever was going on inside of their hearts, it wasn't because all of a sudden they had nothing else to do, but they wanted to honor. They wanted to be refreshed, renewed. All of you here, many of you come here as pilgrims. All of you, many of you drive sometimes long distances to be here. You know, I met yesterday people from Kentucky, from Michigan, from Arizona. You know, I, I meet people. Why would they come? What would they come? It's because sometimes, you know, the only way we can explain is that sometimes not only those who are sort of inspired to come, but also the graces that God prepares for us here. The graces that God prepares for Although you, God chooses places. We didn't choose. It wasn't Marians didn't have anything better to do. God chooses the places where, where the Lord wishes to give special grace. This is why shrines are especially like a national shrine. It was named by uh, the Conference of Catholic Bishops. They were the ones who assigned us to be the national shrine. And you know, and I sometimes when people ask me, this was also the place for over 250 years ago. This was also the place where it was a mission house, a Christians who had a mission house, and they were wishing to introduce Christianity into Mohican tribes here. Many did receive. So it's like a, God chooses the place. It, you know, once again, the, the, the place here is a special place, but today I'd like to as a conclusion, offer this prayer of entrustment which John Paul used for the Holy Year of Our Lady in 1984. And, and, uh, and he learned this prayer from, the, from Our Lady of Chastova's consecrations, which he himself, as a young bishop, was doing alongside with Cardinal Wyszynski. And so I'd like to just pray this prayer. We have recourse to your protection, Holy Mother of God. And therefore, a mother of individuals and peoples, you who know all their sufferings and their hopes, you who have a mother's awareness of all the struggles between good and evil, between light and darkness, 
which afflict the modern world, accept the cry which we, moved by the Holy Spirit, address directly to your heart. Embrace with the love of the mother and handmaid of the Lord this human world of ours, which we entrust and consecrate to you. For we are full of concern for the earthly and eternal destiny of individuals and peoples. In a special way, we entrust and consecrate to you those individuals and nations which particularly need to be thus entrusted and consecrated. We have recourse to your protection, Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions in our necessities. Behold, we, as we stand before you, Mother of Christ, before your immaculate heart, we desire together with the whole church to unite ourselves with this consecration for love of us, your son made of himself to the Father for the sake. He said, I consecrate myself that they may also be consecrated to the truth. We wish to unite ourselves with our Redeemer in this consecration for the world and for the human race, which in his divine heart has the power to obtain pardon and to secure reparation. The power of this consecration lasts for all time and embraces all individuals, peoples, and nations. It overcomes every evil that the spirit of darkness is able to awaken and has in fact awakened in our times, in the heart of man and in history, how deeply we feel the need for the consecration of humanity and the world, our modern world, in union with Christ himself for the remaining work of Christ must be shared in by the world through the church. Above all creatures, may you be blessed, you the handmaid of the Lord, you who in the fullest way obeyed the divine call, hail to you who are wholly united to the redeeming consecration of your Son. Mother of the Church, enlighten the people of God along the paths of faith, hope, and love. Enlighten especially the peoples whose consecration and entrustment by us you are awaiting. Help us to live in the truth of the consecration of Christ for the entire human family of the modern world. In entrusting to you, O Mother, the world, all individuals and peoples, we also entrust to you this very consecration of the world, placing it in your motherly heart, your immaculate heart. Help us to conquer the menace of evil, which so easily takes root in the hearts of the people of today and whose immeasurable effects already weigh down upon our modern world and seem to block the paths towards the future. And now our responses deliver us from famine and war, deliver us from nuclear war, from incalculable self-destruction, from every kind of war, from sins against the life of man from its very beginning, from hatred and from the demeaning of the dignity of children of God, from every kind of injustice in the life of society, both national and international, from readiness to trample on the commandments of God, from attempts to stifle in human hearts the very truth of God, from the loss of awareness of good and evil, from sins against the Holy Spirit. Accept, O Mother of Christ, this cry laden with the sufferings 
of all individual human beings laden with sufferings of the whole societies. Help us with the power of the Holy Spirit to conquer all sin, individual sin, and the sin of the world, and all its manifestations that therefore be revealed once more in the history of the world, the infinite saving power of the redemption, the power of merciful love. May it put a stop to evil. May it transform consciences. May your immaculate heart reveal all the light of the gospel. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.